Welcome to the Notes with Friends podcast hosted by me, Jody Moore-Lewis, where I interview women artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs about little notes of life, courage, wisdom, love, and curiosity. Excited for you to join the chat. Hello from España, Spain. That's where I'm at now. I'm going to make this quick because I'm on vacation. <laughs> I can't believe this is the ninth episode, the ninth interview. I feel like I've learned so much through this process of creating this podcast and spearheading this all by my lonesome. Uh, and a lot of stuff that I still need to learn and get better at and grow and understand and hopefully become less frustrated with, but that's all part of it, I guess. Uh, I really think you'll love this episode. It is with Britt Rohr, who is an incredible letterpress designer down in Manhattan Beach, California the South Bay. And she's had such an interesting journey to get here. Like, this is not even what she set out to do with her life. You'll hear in the interview what she came out to Los Angeles for, and you'll see how it led to Swell Press, which is the company that she has today. We had such a lovely conversation. It was very back and forth, and she asked me questions, and I asked her questions, and how it related, how the design world related to the acting world. And it was really cool to bob and weave through the similarities and (laughs) challenges that we both kind of face within our artistic endeavors. But what I love most is her curiosity and wonder for her childlike self and that connection that she wants to bring. Similar to Nora Dale, my previous guest, they both had a very strong connection to, or wanting to dive in deeper with that connection to their inner child work. And I think definitely since summer is right around the corner, what a better time to take the wisdom from these ladies and implement that into our own lives and really find that connection with joy and play. That's kind of been the theme for this entire season, even with Tori Janae too. Like all about that joy and connection and pleasure and the lessons that are within that. Like that is also the medicine, not just the hard challenges and transforming through that. Sometimes it's even harder to allow ourselves to be silly and find joy in that silliness and letting go and just enjoying the ride of life. Oh, well, we haven't even gotten to the episode yet. I don't want to give I don't want to give too much away. So, let's introduce Brit and get right to it. Brit Rohr is the owner and creative behind Swell Press, a design and letterpress company based in Los Angeles, founded in 2014. From one-of-a-kind wedding and event invitation suites to sleek and sophisticated stationery and branded collateral, every single piece that leaves Swell Press's studio doors is a true, intricate, and original work of art. Inspired by the salt water, sunsets, and palm trees of coastal California. Here's the story 
of how Brit Roar landed herself behind a letterpress machine, an antique one at that, and created a thriving, successful business. like visuals anywhere but I was like you never know (laughs) never know with an actress always ready for the camera (laughs) thank you for letting me uh be late it's like finally so nice and I was like I gotta go and normally I wait I go in the morning but I had a super late night working um and then I had another early call so I like didn't have time and I was like if I don't do it now I'm never gonna get outside so no oh my gosh totally okay I I get it I actually need to move my body I can tell I've been a little stagnant I've been going through like a lot of like health things like I've just constantly been getting sick yeah and I've been okay this past month but my plate's been a little full so I didn't want to push my body again yeah yeah. But I miss it. Like I can tell I'm feeling a little down maybe because the weather has been a little gloomy. So yeah. I need to move my body too. I need to make it a yeah. priority. And I'm glad yeah. you did. That's what I've, I've tried really hard the past from learning the hard way of like putting myself and my health on like the back burner. You know, I learned the hard way of the consequences of not doing that. So now I'm like putting myself and my health first as much as I can, you know, Mm-hmm. And what better way when you live at the beach to just go run at the beach? I know. I'm very lucky. <laughs> I need to go down to the South Bay. It's been a minute. Yeah, come visit. Yeah. I take a little workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get into because yeah. I think it's so exciting. And, and those are, are, how new are those for you? Because the workshops. Well, it's funny. I used to do like, right when I started, um, I did like one-on-one lessons to kind of justify having a studio. Um, and then I did, I don't, I, I just, we just moved, we just like finished our new studio in November. So we finally started workshops like this year. So they're really new. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. It's been so incredible to follow your journey because You know, I was lucky enough. It's funny. I had another friend on that I met through Sarah Roundtree. And then I met you through Sarah Roundtree too. I need to get her on, but she's, you know, always traveling. But I know um, it's funny. I I like DM Sarah the other day and I was just like, it's so cool to see you doing the stuff that you said you wanted to do. Like you're doing it. It's so, I feel like it's so rare that, and maybe it's not so rare. It's just, it's so special when it happens, when you get to see someone that's like doing the thing that they like literally like that so rarely happens where it's like I'm moving to LA because I want to do this and it's like you get sidetracked or you find out it's not the right path for you I mean for me I'm not doing what I moved here to do you know but like I was just like it's so cool seeing you the thing doing the thing like the exact thing like working with the exact people at the exact place that you said was your dream job yeah she just yeah she keeps me motivated because she's so she's always been I know this podcast is about you, but <laughs> but yeah, she's just, she is just someone that's just been like steadfast, like this is what I'm doing and there's no redirecting. Yeah. And even though that sort of, I think, changed because she started in production like you in like mm-hmm. film and commercials and TV, um, she's still doing that just in the music capacity. So yeah. it's yeah. cool. But let's talk about you because yeah, you're not even doing what you thought you would 
be doing with your life? And let's start from the beginning because you're an East Coaster, a Southern gal too, right? Yeah. I'm like Atlanta. If you can call Atlanta the East Coast. Like if I'm trying to be cool sometimes, I'm like, oh, I got to go back East. And someone's like, oh, where to? And I'm like, Atlanta. Okay. It's not really back East, but. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm from North Carolina. I'm from Raleigh. So. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Everyone thinks it's like New York, but. (laughs) Yeah. I know. What was it like kind of growing up and feeling like, did you always have this like artistic pull as like a designer or like, did you ever, when you were at career day and like kindergarten, (laughs) did you think you'd be like a businesswoman, like owning your own business like you were today? No, never. (laughs) I don't even feel like a businesswoman now. I still feel like I'm like, what am I doing? No, (laughs) I, um, I never really, I was always kind of like creative. Like I liked making shit and I was kind of like a weird kid. But that's really it. But I grew up in Atlanta or in the suburbs of Atlanta. And I just kind of always knew I didn't something about like the South and like the way of life in Atlanta specifically and the suburbs like where I live, just like it just never really felt like me. I was always just like, I'm I've got to move. I've got to like leave this place. So I went to college. I wanted to be an art major in college, you know, but I went to University of Georgia and I chose, um, you know, I chose a more like just uh what's the word I'm looking for just like a logical you know to my parents urging I choose I chose a more logical major of advertising but it's also like what do majors do they even matter I don't think so <laughs> not anymore I definitely not yeah <laughs> I did like advertising with like a minor in film studies because I thought um I wanted to do something with movies. I wasn't like a total movie nerd, like Dawson's Creek, you know, like Dawson was kind of, I always like think like, I wasn't like that, but I just really, I wanted to have a part of making the magic that was on screen. So cut to me graduating, being like the only one of my friends who didn't have like a job lined up in Atlanta and all that stuff. Like I was just kind of like, eh, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, and my friend lived in LA um, cause she went to school here. And she was like, why don't you come? And I was like, you know, I'm going to move to either LA or New York. Like, I'm just going to do that. And she was like, why don't you come live with me? You know, just crash on my couch and see if you can get a job working in the production industry um, or just like waiting tables. So I was like, okay. So I like drove out and I was just like, bye mom, dad. I'm going to, you know, I was like, I'm going to move out there. We'll see how it goes. Like max two to three years. Right. Like I have no idea what's going to happen, but like, let me just like scratch this itch basically. So I moved here and then I got a job, you know, I tried to get a job waiting tables because I was a bartender in college. Um, but little did I know I was up against like, you know, naive me thinking I could like show up with like no headshots in LA and be like, can I bartend? You know, they're all like, no, get away. So I couldn't get a job. <laughs> so weird. So I got a job at the production company, um, which is how I know Sarah, which is how I know you. Um, but I really wanted to be a production designer. That's like why I moved. I wanted to like have a part of like, you know, I wanted to be a part of making the magic that I saw on screen. I wanted to like, just be a part of like making the props. And it just seemed like so fun to me creating these like artificial worlds. Um, but then I kind of got trapped in like the more production logistical side of things, which totally fine. And I loved that. And I did that for about like 10 years. Um, And then overlapping with that, I, you know, I somehow just kind of like needed a, I needed a creative outlet because I kind of found that I had like stepped away from the whole purpose of me being here, which was trying to like do something that was creative. So then I, um, I started just like designing stuff for fun. You know, I taught myself like design programs and then I took a, 
letterpress printing class, which like letterpress is a form of printing. I do. A lot of people don't know what it is. It's like a really antiquated form of printing. It's really tactile and beautiful. Um, like most of the machines they don't make anymore. Like my, my newest machine is from 1966. So it's all a bunch of like old wow. metal and stuff. So I just like, I took a class in letterpress printing. I like fell in love with it. I'm kind of like impulse. I'm, I'm pretty impulsive. Um, and so I just like, I, I became obsessed with it. Um, maybe a little ADD, you know, I became obsessed with it. And then I like bought a press and then I just became obsessed with learning it. And then slowly over time, like started this little hobby slash side hustle and then cut to, I've been doing it full time for maybe five or six years now, but you know, it's just, it was just like a, a, a progression, like the natural progression of like side hustle started in the garage, slowly moved to another studio, slowly hired one person, slowly hired a couple more people, you know, and then now it's like a full blown business you know, and here I am. <laughs> here you are. Yeah. And you can really tell the difference. I think like if you go and peruse Brit's um, Instagram, Swell Press paper, we should just say that's your, <laughs> that's the name yeah. of your company. <laughs> yeah. I'll have an intro anyway, regardless, but um, just to reiterate, uh, you can just tell like the quality and the love that goes into all your pieces. And I love how you showcase the process of how you design and what goes on behind the scenes, because I don't think a lot of people really understand printing. You know, we have yeah. like the Staples and the FedEx Kinkos yeah. and all of that, but like high quality design and specialty goods for a very special occasion or a just because moment. Um, it just, you can feel the love from you put into the product that gives the love out to the invitations and all of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like letterpress is definitely different. Um, and it's very different than hitting like, con you know, command P to print. It's like, you know, <laughs> if, if you want to get an invitation printed by us and you confirm the design, our timeline is like three to four weeks. So like, you know, I used to, I lately have just kind of been leaning into being more unapologetic about the fact that like, this is what we do. It's not for everybody. It's expensive. It takes a long time. And like, I get it. I'm not gonna, you know, if someone doesn't care about you know, stationary. I, it's like, I don't, I don't blame them. It's not my, you know, it's not my fight. It's like, then you can use one of the other people out there. So um, yeah, it takes a really long time, but I feel, I feel very lucky that I just get to like, just get to like, I mean, yes, there's parts of running a business obviously, but it's like, I just get to like make shit for a living, which is like very cool. Like I get to, I get to dream up an idea and then see it brought to life and then like send it out into the world. And that's like a very, I feel very fortunate for that. Yeah. As someone who is a designer and you have that artistic eye, how is it with the collaboration process with your clients? Because I'm assuming they're coming to you with a specific idea mm -hmm. and I mean, and granted, you put your brand together, you know, your aesthetic together of what you represent. So I'm assuming hopefully they did their research and they're coming to you mm -hmm. because of what you do. But how is that collaboration process? Like, is it is that like where the excitement blooms for you? Do you sometimes find it a little like stifling having to like fit into your client's mold or yeah. how does that work? Um, it is to me like it to me like kind of working with other people is in terms of creatively um is usually kind of stifling to me like i'm i'm um 
I'm kind of like a, a loner in those regards. Um, yeah. So lately, I mean, it's, I've been very lucky now where in terms of like collaboration, the breadth of our work is big enough that usually when clients come to us, it's with things that we have created, you know, where they either want like a replica of that or some type of reiteration of that. So it's a little bit less of a collaboration between the client and I, and a little bit more of like, here are things that you've done that I like, like how can we repurpose this? Um, sometimes it is like a true collaboration um, and it definitely has like its pros and cons, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm like, did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, you know, and I don't I know. So. I don't, yeah, collaboration can be, it's like a very, um, like whenever anyone emails with the word collaboration, it's a very like, like weighted word for me, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, but you know, we're lucky enough that like the, the clients that reach out to us usually are familiar enough with our work. Um, and if it were not a good fit, it's like, I don't ever try to force myself to like fit into the mold of something someone wants, you know, and that's something I've learned after like years of doing this and trying to like find our, you know, like our voice as like a company and what we put out there and like the level of work that we do and kind of just like the overall aesthetic, you know, like I have, we, we've kind of vet enough. Like we only do probably about, about five to 10% of the people that inquire are actually turn into like booking clients. And it's either because they're not a good fit aesthetically, or they don't have the budget or just like they have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations or something like that. Um, so that's something I'm like fortunate enough that I've been able to really lean into the past couple of years and just embrace of like, okay, I've been doing this long enough that I feel confident enough in like our vision, um, and our process that if someone, you know, pitches an idea that's like not aligned or not something that I want to do, we fortunately like don't have to do it. That's so. awesome. It's like, it's, it's really great, which I think is why you have been so successful as a business because you stand behind the values of what you want to represent. And I think that that's really important. And I think it's really hard to do sometimes, maybe not speaking for you, but from like what I've seen just out there in the world, <laughs> you know, like it's, um, it's really easy to be swayed just for money purposes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I teach a, like a design or a, a, a business intensive right now. And it's funny because I just got off the call for our class about, the design work. And like my biggest tip that I like would tell people is just like, well, I have a lot of them, but like one of them was like, try to prevent asking your craft to pay for your lifestyle for as long as possible. Like Swell Press was a side hustle for me as long as possible. And that was so great because I was able to work in production and production was able to pay my bills. And then I was able to keep this thing that I loved, which was designing and printing kind of in this like sacred space where I didn't have to compromise for like the almighty dollar. I didn't have to take a project just because it would pay the bills. I was really able only to do things that like I wanted to do or things that excited me. Um, so that was like, I felt like really powerful and just like from the get go, like shaping um, like my like design eye or whatever you can call it without sounding like pretentious, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like shaping our aesthetic essentially, um, I think was from the very beginning of just being able to have the freedom to kind of do what I wanted, um, which is really nice. Obviously now like having a business and having overhead, it's different. Like not every single project that we take can be the passion project. Um, you know, I always, I always reference Entourage, which like was such a bad show, but I always think <laughs> Vinny Chase always had like, he had his, his like 
superhero whatever movie and then he had like his indie film so it was like one for you one for me it's like the studio film and indie film so sometimes I look at project this way I'm like all right I don't want to do this but it's going to be like the studio film that's going to like pay for my indie you know which would be like a passion project or like a print project which I know you know if I'm making an art print or something like that if I if I break down how much time and energy was put into that versus how much money I made it, it wouldn't make sense you know but you try to like balance out you know you have to do what you you have to do so you can kind of do the things that you want to do um which is really important I think in like creative expression um yeah and then so and then the other thing beyond like just trying to prevent asking your craft to pay for you as long as possible was just like um I always tell people I'm like if you build it they will come like create the work that you want to be known for you know like just if you look back if you like scrolled all the way back to like some of our earlier work like a lot of it was like fake was like fake couples for fake weddings and stuff like that and I would just I didn't have the right clients at the time who would pay for what I wanted to do or had the aesthetic that I wanted to do so I would just make them up and I would create the work anyway and that's kind of what I always tell you know I tell people in my program right now and I just kind of tell everyone it's like you have to you know it's totally the field of dreams like if you build it they will come and sometimes it might take a day and other times it might take like three years but like I truly do believe that you know like some of our best-selling designs are designs that um I did for a fake couple and then they didn't get any traction for years and then finally for some reason they just like hit and now they're probably the thing that like pay our rent and stuff like that so that's like belief in yourself and and creating for yourself. I we sort of have that mentality, or not sort of. We do have that mentality. Um, uh, we uh, with my class, my acting class, we sort of started a um, theater company outside of it, and we just wrapped a show. And like, obviously, we want like heavy hitters to come to see us, yeah. so we can like be seen as actors especially like we always need someone else to say yes for us to be able to do our thing typically. Yeah. Um, but that's not why we're doing it. We also want like friends and family to see what we do because once again, unless we have that, yes, no one really gets to see our work. And so yeah. we're just like, we'll just keep building it and doing what we love and doing really good work and they will eventually come. And between our December show and this past show, we, you know, we sold out every single night for four oh nights God. and had even like more industry, I guess, quote unquote, come, um, yeah. which was really cool. So it's like, you just got to keep doing what you do and keep learning and doing it really well. And then you'll meet those like, like-minded people. Yeah. Which is hard because sometimes it can take like 40 <laughs> years or something, yeah. but like, yeah, I wonder, I don't know anything about acting or anything like that but I wonder if like in terms of like collaboration if it's maybe the same or like where you have a performance and you have this like you might have this like really firm idea of like what you want the character to be and then like does a director you know like come in and they have like a difference of opinion and you're like oh gosh I have to like honor this because they're the person that's paying me which for us would be the client versus like I still want to have a project that I'm proud of that I'm proud to promote that I want to put out there and stuff like that like I imagine it's similar definitely it's it's definitely similar and I was even thinking when you were chatting about like the passion project versus like the big money I'm like can we really fault a lot of actors for doing something marvel <laughs> because yeah. of the money but yeah. it's kind of the same thing over and over but then like that can pay for them to do something a little more meaningful uh it definitely is i think that give or take and 
just really understanding, especially someone in my position, that's not the 1% that no is a powerful word. Mm -hmm. And like taking projects that you can learn from that can be fun, but also that you do want to present and and showcase your skills. And but yeah, when sometimes when you get on set, it can change and you do have to kind of be malleable in a way. But I don't think ever, ever sacrifice your truth and your values. Yeah. And that can be hard in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I agree. That's a good thing to remember. Yeah. And to what you were into what we were saying about like the passion project versus like that was something that, you know, when I was working in production and I really, you know, I was like, I was obsessed with like Lord of the Rings. Like that was essentially like I'm in LA because Peter Jackson brought me here because I love Lord of the Rings. And I was like, I want to be a part of like the details down to like the leaf on the cloak. Like I want to be a part of like making that. I don't know if it was costume or set design or something like that. And then I realized after working in the industry for so long, like I would see these huge names, like big time production designers, you know, that would do like Coen Brothers movies and stuff like that. And then they would be doing the production design on like an Oreo commercial. And it was like, you know, and I love no shade to Oreo, but like, you know, like it was like, and then it was like, I finally had this, I had this like insight into this world where it's like, oh, even if you are the top of the top of your field, it's like, yes, like, you know, you'll do, you think you can do a Peter Jackson movie or something, but also sometimes like you're doing the commercials that are for like insurance companies or Nabisco or something like that, because those are the things that pay, you know, at the end of the day, commercials still pay more than movies. And it's like, those are the things that pay versus like the movies, which is what's like paying, you know, like getting their furthering their portfolio essentially, but the, you know, the cheesy commercials are what are like paying for their lifestyle. And some, and that was kind of like a sobering like moment, I guess, but also really good to see firsthand that it's like, oh, it's literally not just like, you know, for like stylists, it's not just like red carpets and movies and stuff like that. It's like, you're doing these like, you know, like less like quote unquote, like sexy projects, you know, all the time. It's really only like, it's few and far between that you get these like really amazing things for the majority of people, which I think was like a really, you know, I guess it's also like the, it's the real life version of like the, the highlight reel, you know, Instagram versus real life. It's like, it was, <laughs> it was interesting to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, especially when you've, you're in LA and you're surrounded by it and being a part of it you do see the ins and outs versus yeah, like the promotion on Good Morning America or the, yeah, the red carpet for the Oscars. And that's what's yeah. really cool about what I've been loving about these interviews is I do have actors on here, obviously, and like other filmmakers, but I love talking with people outside of the industry. I mean, like I, you've, you've straddled both, but because yeah. I just feel like um, there is like this sort of connection about what we're all going through. And yeah, we can kind of be inspired from these different like modalities and, and specifically with women, because that's who I have on here. Just women, yeah. women's only. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's just really cool to to hear you chat and be like, yeah, I feel you. I see you and you're not alone because I'm in it with you just in a different way. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something like. I was, I was talking to a friend the other day um, and she has like a job that she doesn't like and she was going to quit it and stuff like that. And she was saying she didn't know what she was going to do. And I was, I was talking to her and I was like, I feel so lucky that like, regardless if, if Swell Press went away and I decided I, I didn't want to do, you know, Swell Press or something like I still like my, 
North star is kind of this like passion to just like create, you know? And I've really feel like I've been leaning into that, like the past like year of just like, if I want to make this random art piece, that's like not for anyone or a client, or it's not commissioned or anything like that. Like I'm going to make it like, I'm so driven and like consumed by just like this desire to just like make shit, you know? And I, and again, I'm so lucky that like my job allows that, but even if it wasn't that, I feel like that is kind of like, I don't want to say why I was put on this planet. Cause it makes it seem like what I'm doing is like far more important than like what it actually is, you know? But like, I feel so lucky that like I have a passion essentially. And like my passion isn't really wedding imitations. Like that is what pays the bills and stuff like that. But like, I'm not a wedding obsessed person. I'm not my client. We had a very low key wedding, you know, and, um, but like my passion is just like being able to make things that are tangible and like having an idea, like I said, like, it's so cool to have like an idea that's like in my head and then shortly after see it brought to life. Um, and with you like to, for you to find that passion of like acting and like creating a character and expressing yourself in that way. Like, I just feel so fortunate that that's something that we've been able to discover. Cause I like, I, I guess I was just like, I forget it sometimes that some people don't have that. Like they haven't discovered it yet. And I don't know if you have to find your passion and, you know, the stuff about, you know, find your passion, you never work a day of your life is utter bullshit as we all know. Um, cause it is still work. It's, it's a lot more like personal work, you know, um, and vulnerable work. It's like a lot heavier work basically. Um, I think at least, but yeah, I feel, I feel so fortunate to be able to have that passion and yeah, to like, to be in a city also where you're surrounded by a lot of people who a lot of people are transplants cause they came here for, for a dream, you know, pursuing a passion and maybe it, you know, albeit it's might've changed over the years, you know, like mine has a lot. Um, I don't, I, I don't imagine yours ever had, like, that's probably why you moved here was to be an actress, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but similar to you with the college thing. Um, so I grew up doing more musical theater and then I had like nodules and I just became this angsty teenager where I was like, well, you know, maybe Broadway is not for me. Like, I don't know why I was like, if I can't sing, then I don't want to do it. So I just did something more normal and studied marketing and PR. And then, uh, and then I just wasn't happy. And I was like, well, why don't I just do acting? I, I don't have to sing. I can just talk, <laughs> you know, it's still yeah. performing. It's a storytelling in a different way. And then once I just started yeah. diving into the craft, I, I was hooked and I was like, move it to LA because that's where I should be. And the Southeast yeah. did have some stuff at the time, but I felt like I had a lot of distractions there because my friends and my family. And I was like, I just need kind of a fresh slate blank canvas to build upon and figure out who I am separate of this girl who um grew up in the south and sang and danced you know I just wanted to figure out who I was yeah. and what's interesting now is I feel like now I'm like how can I reconnect with that girl now yeah and meet the yeah. two you know yeah I think that's like a lot of like I was like how I mentioned like last year, I feel like or not even year, I'm probably giving myself too much credit. Maybe like six months, I've really been trying to lean into like just creating stuff and just like more play, like more just like wandering around and like looking at things and then like admiring things and just like more of that like childlike approach towards like life. Um yeah, like. I think that's so important too. It's like, yeah, like, and you realize I'm like, oh, like little weird kid Brit, like. I'm, I'm not like, she's still in there. Like, I definitely see, like, I see how me as a little girl, you know, and then you're obviously like, you're, I don't want to say like, 
you, you know, but like society kind of, you know, tell things, you know, you, you're a teen, you know, you're a teenager, you're, you're, you're malleable. You're trying to like fit in and stuff like that. And then you realize like, you're like, maybe the truest sense of who I was, was like that, like weird eight-year-old before like society was trying to tell me to like fit in or before I was trying to like be cool or whatever, you know, yeah. dumb shit you do as a, as a adolescent. <laughs> totally, totally. And I was, yeah. So how kind of with this childlike and you trying to find different ways to create for yourself is um, what are some ways that you do try to seek inspiration or are these new ways that you've really been able to tap in to keep your work fresh and your voice fresh through your brand and your business and yourself as an artist? Um, yeah, well, it's like, I'm, it's so funny because I just got off this call with my group and I was, I was telling them um, about this, like, challenge that I gave myself the other day where I was like, I'm going to pick a couple of random things. I'm going to force myself to find inspiration in them. Like I was like thinking about it and I was like, all right, the first thing that I like see that I put my eyes on, I'm going to force myself to find something about that, that is inspiring. Um, and I was saying, I was like in my laundry room, um, and I, I had like the pair of jeans, they were like hanging, they were like an old pair of holy jeans, right? But there was like a hole in the knee and then there was like the frayed fabric, you know? And I looked at them and I was like, okay, so if I'm gonna find inspiration in that, like I'm looking at that, how it's like a shape and then it's like lines behind it. And I was like, oh, I could do that for like an invitation or an art piece. Like I could do a layer and I could cut out a shape from it and I could do string um, or I could do like laser cut or something. So it was like funny because- then this like this my moment in the laundry room actually eventually turned into a piece of this project that I did that was like exactly inspired by that like the texture of that of like a layer and strings and stuff like that um so sometimes I do that and it's like a fun game to kind of try to find the art in something and I think it'll be like surprising to see you know what you notice that is that is inspiring um I'm also, I'm reading Rick, Rick Rubin's book. Have you read it? Oh, I yet? listened to his, a podcast episode with him. Oh, look at it. Yeah. I listened to it on. I the have Coming. a hard copy because I read, um, this one is creative whack, creative act, a way of being. And I have the hard copy right here because I sometimes just like scroll through it. And then I have the audio book. Um, which I'm almost done with, but it's different. It's not a book like a big magic book, you know, where it's like a narrator. I mean, he obviously narrates it, but it's like small little snippets of like a couple pages, basically of like, you know, it's more of like a rhythmic like passages than instead of like a book. Um, and I really love this book. It's been like really enjoyable to listen to it. So I would highly, um, I would highly recommend anyone to, to check out that book, but yeah, the, his he's been he's been doing the podcast circuits, and his podcasts on it have been really good as well. Yeah, when right when I listened to it, I immediately sent it to Frankie because you know he he likes Rick Rubin and his history and music and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Frankie's really been on this really cool journey, finding his creativity and connection to play. Um, and uh, so yeah, I sent that to him because I was like, it's brilliant, and I it made me want his book, and I forgot I wanted his book. And you just reminded me, I need to go get his book. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, so that, and then also just like, you know, I, again, like I'm so lucky that we live in Southern California where in most normal years, it's sunny most of the time, you know, barring the past couple of months of which have been so bizarre, but like 
I'm just, I love to be, I need to be like outside in the sun. Like, I feel like I, there's something about me where like, if it's like one day without sun, I, I'm like depressed. Um, but I think just like being out in nature, you know, and obviously LA is still kind of, at least where we live is like a concrete jungle, you know, um, like we have the beach here, which is so lucky, but there's like this little, there's also this little path that's like pretty close to my house with all these like beautiful trees and stuff. And it's so nice to just like walk there and just like notice, like, it sounds cheesy. And I swear sometimes people probably look at me like I'm just like, um, high or on mushrooms or something, <laughs> which like, I wish I was, but like, I just like, I look at like the way, like the light is coming through the leaves and like, you know, the way, like the palm trees, like, you know, cast a shadow and stuff like that. And all that stuff is just like, so inspiring to me. And I, again, like so lucky that we live right here where it's so accessible. Yeah. I love that you find it in just like everyday things, the natural beauty of the world and, and incorporate into that, in that, that into your work. Um, I did want to ask you too, because, um, you know, you talked about how Swell Press at first was a side hustle and you were still doing mm -hmm. your production job um, and how important it is to not put so much pressure on your art to make you money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is also your advice for someone maybe who is doing that but like, how do you not get burnt out with the, all the work, especially someone who was in production, which is not traditionally 40 hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how do you, and know. Or, but you know, someone maybe who has a, norm, a normal nine to five plus kids plus wants to like try their, try an art, start a business. How do you not allow yourself to get burnt out or overworked or. Oh. Honestly, like, yeah, I mean, work doing the, like when it was a side hustle in production, I always joked because I was like, I wish production was like a nine to five. And then I could have this as a side hustle, but it was like, I was already working with like two full-time jobs. Um, I think I was just younger in my twenties and I had like a, a really dogged work ethic that allowed me to, you know, subsist off of a little bit of sleep. Um, as far as people who have kids, you know, my, I'm very close with my sister who has two kids. She has a one and a half year old and a just turned four year old. And she also works too. And I have so much, like, I don't want to say empathy because it makes it sound like it's a tragedy, but I have, I feel so much for people who have children, you know, um, like for working mothers or working parents or something like that, because it is like, I, I would not be able to have the business. I wouldn't have been able to grow the business like I did if I was also trying to like keep humans alive um, and more than just keep them alive, but also like raise them to be like fully functioning members of society. Like I truly couldn't do it. Um, so it's like, I'm not even going to try to speak about how someone who has, who has kids should like try to find balance. Cause I'm like, I don't know, you're a saint. I don't know how you do it because I personally like never could. Um, so I'm more just like, I don't, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like when I was so a couple years ago, I like, I think it was like 2019 and weirdly it was like every year, but when we slowed down for 2020, I was like so happy because I just never had a work-life balance and the pandemic allowed me to like finally have that. But, um, in 2019, the business was growing at like a rate that I just couldn't control. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the help I needed. And then same thing with like 2021 was a really difficult year for everybody, but specifically the wedding industry, because you had this huge boom of people getting married again. Um, and I was just like a mess. Like I put my 
you know, I didn't like put any of myself as a priority, you know, I didn't sleep. I didn't like work out, which is like, you know, physical exercise, like we talked about earlier is like so important to my mental health. Um, and it was just so frustrating. Like I was really struggling. Like I fell into a deep depression. It was just like, it was truly survival mode for like a year where I didn't look up. I'm like, I I didn't go anywhere. I didn't, I barely saw my family. And it was so frustrating when people would just be like, take care of yourself or you need to rest or stuff like that. Because you're like, I know I need to rest, but I don't have the time to rest, you know? And it was a really like, it's so like patronizing when people are like, you need to take care of yourself. And you're like, you think I don't know that? Like, I know I need to, but like, I genuinely cannot. I have like people that are relying on me and stuff like that. Um, So it's like, I, it's like, what kind of advice do you give? That's not like super patronizing because now after, after coming out of that, I've realized like, I really do. I've tried to get in like the habit of like moving my body out, moving my body every day. If it's a pretty day, you know, which are lately less and less guaranteed in LA. But if it's a pretty day, it's like, I got to go outside. I don't care if it's like a 10 minute run or like whatever, but I'm going to prioritize that. And I finally gotten to a place where it's like a habit, you know, where if I don't work, if I don't like see the sun, you know, like I don't have the sun on my face or if I don't work out or something like that, um, I kind of like feel crappy like immediately because it's such like a habit and so ingrained into my routine and stuff like that. Um, but it took me a really long time of finally like getting there. Yeah. I, I really like, cause I never have viewed it that way that you, you know, sometimes when people remind you that you need rest or to take care of yourself, it does feel patronizing because I sometimes feel so resistant to that love. You know, if I get told, I know that it's out of love and care. Yeah. But I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, obviously. And then, and then you yeah. start to feel like, it's not like I'm not, I'm not choosing. <laughs> like, I'm not like, it's not like the calendar is like, oh, you're able to rest. And I'm like, I'm not going to choose it. It's like, you, li- I literally can't like, you know, and I, it's, it was going through that and learning a lot of hard lessons. It's like, okay. You know, I got to the point where it's like, I was finally, I felt like financially I was on like great footing, but I was so miserable. And I was like, I would take half of the money if I, if that meant I could enjoy my life and be happy, you know? So that was also really interesting too, of like, you know, of learning like, okay, what do I need to feel like I have this, you know, I can sustain myself and, and, you know, hit my financial goals, but also be here to enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, thank you for being so honest about that. Well, yeah. It's like, you know, when you've come, when I've, I felt like it's like when you've kind of been like, not, I don't want to say been through stuff because it's not, you know, compared to other people's struggles, obviously it's like a little bit of, you know, like sadness and seasonal, you know, like a, a dark season is like nothing. Um, but at the time it was like really hard. And now, like after having gone through it, it's like, okay, how, you know, I think I'm someone who's probably like, I'm, I've never thought I was like depressed, but I always thought I was like, I always called myself melancholy. Like, I think I'm like predisposed to melancholia. So it's like, okay, I know what I need to do to keep myself performing, you know, not performing, you know, but like as a human functioning at my highest level. And that's like, that is getting enough sleep. It's moving my body, working out, but it's also again, like creating, like it's made me so happy to just like, yeah, to just be able to create. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's like after getting through that and kind of, again, like 
once you learn a lesson, you know, if like the universe teaches you something, it's up to us to like learn it and record it. And hopefully like use that knowledge <laughs> to, uh, to not do that again in the future. Yes, definitely. Um, gosh, I'm thinking of like a lot of lessons that have been coming up for me that feel yeah almost not like repetitive, but like almost like a different layer of the same thing that I yeah. feel like I've been slowly chiseling away. But I haven't given the, the I haven't really nourished to understand just yet. Um, I think sometimes, at least for me, I feel like I love my passion as a distraction sometimes too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wait, expound on that a little bit more. I think um, when, because I love it so much, and, mm -hmm. I, and, you know, I, I luckily am in a class where I'm constantly working out and working on things that yeah. I realized over the pandemic, I can show up for my art better when I caretake myself first, as in like journaling, kind of doing a lot of the same things I do with my character work, but just on myself yeah. Um, yeah. to, to, to understand like my shadow sides and like the, the depression that comes up for me. Cause I kind of yeah. feel like we all have all of it. Right. And then like yeah. the, the things that provide joy. And then I've kind of lost that, um, this year, maybe, maybe before. And, but I've been so consumed in like the production of the, of the performances yeah. and with, you know, the, the business changing right now, like it's almost like I'm using my art as a distraction to, instead yeah. of like just taking the time to meditate and breathe and check in with Jody yeah. instead of checking in on how I'm doing in my business of yeah. my art, if that makes yeah. sense. No, no, no. It totally does. Yeah. And I think it's like the more, the as we grow older, you know, yeah. like we have the like discernment, you know, cause that's the thing. It's like, okay, am I, am, am I like taking it easy by like giving myself a day off? am I slacking or do I really need this? And it's like, once you, if you really like question that, it's like, we all, you know, like you have the discernment to know, like, are you being easy on yourself and not like calling yourself to be like, you know, the best version you can. And are you cutting yourself more slack than you might, you know, than you should, or is it really like self-care and, and going easy on yourself? And I feel like it's like, once you ask the question, like you kind of know, like you already know the answer, Yeah, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I was just back in Atlanta with family, um, last weekend and I saw one of my friends and we were just, we were catching up and she said, and she asked me and I was like, oh, I'm going to take that. She was like, she's like, how are you? And I was like, oh, I'm good. And she was like, what is, she's like, what are you doing? What is bringing you joy? And I was like, wow. I was like, that's such a powerful question. And like the first, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm like, I was like, I'm starting to create more. Like I'm starting to just like make more stuff just for fun with like no pressure. And it was like, you know, I had the answer because I, I think I've worked so hard on like finding that joy and stuff. But I was like, I love that question of like asking, you know, and I was like, I'm going to ask someone that next time instead of being like, what do you do? Or like, how's work? It's like, what are you doing to bring you joy? Like, what are you doing? That's like nourishing, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. like your creative side or your childlike spirit or whatever, it's like, what is actually bringing you joy? And like, that's something that like, I've tried to start, you know, 
before even just like creating for the sake of creating, I started just like trying to do like silly things. Like I started taking drum lessons. I, you know, I tried to like, just like do random stuff for no other reason beyond just like, this might be fun. And literally like, it makes no sense, you know, like trying to ride a unicycle. Like that's not (laughs) like a dumb thing, but I was just like, this could be fun. Like we only get like one life. So it's like, why not try to just do as much stuff that you want to do. And I feel like we have all these like weird narratives, like holding us back, you know, of like, you know, yes, when I'm showing up for drum lessons and I'm like, it's like a 12 year old leaving the, you know, leaving the drum, <laughs> leaving the music <laughs> studio. And then it's like me and people think I'm like a mom picking up my kid. And I'm like, no, it's just me. I'm like an adult woman just here. But like, you know, it's like, yes, you feel silly, but like, it brought me so much joy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And like naming it and acknowledging it too. Like that is bringing me joy. Like, and like, thank you. And I love that you're doing these things. And I'm sure that's also allowing you to open up to inspiration as well. So when you yeah. are like, I, I feel like these things really, truly like expand our mind to think oh, in different sure. ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's where I think like, you know, I, I was just telling my class, I'm like, you know, I, we all know that when you're trying to come up with an idea or design, like the idea doesn't hit you when you're standing it, when you're, when you're staring at a blank screen, it hits you when you close your computer and you go on a walk or, you know, when you're, that's why it's like the shower ideas, like the ideas hit you in the shower. It's like the second you step away from like that really like demanding task at hand is when you have like the best ideas. Um, and it's kind of, it's like that. It's like when I, you know, I was so burnt out on like custom design work for a while because it's just so creatively taxing, um, which I know kind of sounds like a little like me, but like it is, it's like, it's pretty demanding to just be like, okay, come up with great ideas day after day, you know? Um, (laughs) so I took a break for like six months. I think I did like no, no custom work and it felt so good. Cause then finally I was like, you know what? I was like, I think I'm ready to like go back again to like custom work. And I, and I came back to like accepting custom projects with this like renewed sense of like vigor and excitement and all of this stuff. And just being really refreshed after, you know, after taking that break and stuff. Um, so I think it's like, yeah, like the, like the rest, whether it's like resting on a couch or taking a walk or just like not doing the work, it's like, that to me, it's like the rest is the stuff that like begets the best work from us, basically. Mm. Mm. Yes, I feel that. I'm about to go on vacation at the end of the month with my sister. Oh, fine. Which I'm really excited. And I'll be in Europe. And I am, I haven't fully checked out in a long time. Because I feel like if I go back to North Carolina or like if Frankie and I go on like a weekend trip in California, like I still am connected. But like being in like another country, I feel like it's going to be a nice way to fully disconnect so I can reconnect. Oh, yes. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. I was just talking to my sister. I was like, I want to do like a sister like Euro trip. Oh, Um, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, this is your sign. You have given me so many signs and now I'm giving you a sign. I know it it is. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I I, like like I was talking to my husband about it and because we have like this little like camper and stuff. And I was like, I wonder, I was like, could I like could I just go somewhere for like a week with like me in the camper and just have like a week to just like read and like, I just like really like do nothing like a true, like unplugged, you know, that's too short to call it a sabbatical, you know, but just like, I just have this fantasy. Cause I'm like, I'm such 
like a loner in so many aspects. And I'm like, I just have this fantasy of just like going somewhere alone for like a week because that's practical. But in real life, I'd probably love like two weeks of just like being left alone with like a notebook and a drawing pad and just kind of seeing what comes to me, um, you know, without like the fetters of the universe and, you know, the draws of work and social media and stuff. But like, yeah, I think unplugging is so important. And I was, I was just trying to look at the calendar and I was like, okay, what could be like a week where I could be fully, um, like, you know, unplugged just for the sake of, you know, not going on like a trip and not feeling like I need to like explore, but literally just sitting and like making art and like exploring that side of myself. So I'm going to try to like pin that down. Do it. I, I've, I have that on like my to-do list this year as well. Um, like a weekend away, like maybe just Topanga, you know, something close where, you know, I run an Airbnb and it's just me and yeah, disconnect. Yeah. Europe's going to be a different disconnection, but that I think alone time is so important. And I think so many people fear it because your truth comes out, yourself comes out. The noise is gone. Yeah. And yeah. you're only seeing you or hearing yeah. you. Yeah. If you, I would, I would recommend if you have time, which, you know, is to like, is to tack on the end of your trip with your sister is to tack on like a couple days alone to figure, you know, either here to kind of like distill all of the like inspiration and fun and like all that stuff you took away, you know, or just like do a couple days like by yourself or something like that's always like whenever I go on trips, I get so much inspiration. And then I want to come like when I come back and I'm always like, Oh, I want to do this. Like, that would be so cool. And then I come back and it's like immediately into the grind, you know? And I'm like, and then all of these ideas and all these, like this cool inspiration I had buzzing around in my head just gets put, you know, gets written down in a notebook and then pushed aside because, you know, real, real life is calling. And it's like, no, like now I know it's like, okay, next time I go on a trip like that, that's like inspirational and stuff. I'm going to try to like plan it so I can come back to like at least two full days of nothing where I can just really like decompress and, you know, like look through my photos and my journal and kind of be like, okay, what did I take away from that? Um, and for me, I'm talking about it in more of like a design, like inspiration perspective, just because, but also I'm sure that can be applied for like anything. Yeah. Just yeah. for your, to connect to yourself. And yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> This is going to be so inspirational for so many people, but I feel like this has been such a great like back and forth. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know. It's, I feel like we've just been having such an intimate conversation. It's I know. So lovely. Now I'm like, I just want to go by myself somewhere and like let the sun shine on me and like do yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now going back to Swell Press for a little bit. Yeah. One, um, one thing that I do love that you do um, on social media is you don't only share like your product and your process, but you're very, you share your voice and your views on the country and the legislation. It's almost like you're an activist through your work and you use your platform to speak out. Um, I feel like I know the answer, but I would just love to know, like, why, why do you find that important? And how do you feel like that, affects you as a, I don't want to use the word affects, but why, why do you feel like that's, that's important? Yeah. Um, oh, well, thank you for saying that and for noticing. I'm literally like, it's the, it's the least I could do. Um, 
I, you know, it's weird because I used to, it's a weird like line to toe between having a company where I have employees and we're in not only a company, but like we're in weddings. We don't like, you know, I don't like really sell a cheeky product. Like I sell a luxury product for a very sentimental thing. So, um, sometimes I do think, you know, it's, it's like for a while, I didn't really want to like be myself a lot or use my voice, you know, because like me as a person, as I mentioned earlier, like I'm not really my client. I'm not really like an ooey gooey gooey weddings person. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, sarcastic and crass. And it's like, yet I found myself making this product, which like to me doesn't really like lean itself to that. Um, but I think as like time has gone on and I've been lucky enough to like establish myself in the industry, it's been more of just kind of like a, like a screw it. Like I am who I am. Um, and if I am, you know, voicing opinions that make people not want to hire me or support my work or something like that, um, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I'm so grateful to be in a position where I don't, I'm not like scraping the barrel for clients, you know, and, um, especially it's like, I I think the wedding industry itself is very problematic. Like it's very white. It's very like, you know, like cis hetero and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, what's like a little, a tiny thing I can do that's like actionable, you know? And it's like, okay, so if I'm going to do a, a, you know, a a fake wedding invitation, which like I print, you know, a lot of the designs, not a lot of them, but whenever I do a design, that's like a fake design that I just want to create for the sake of creating. I always try to pick either like a same sex couple or names that seem like a little bit more like diverse than just like, you know, like a, (laughs) what you would imagine to be like a, white heterosexual couple. It's like, Jack and Jill. Yeah. And it's, um, so it's like, okay, if the least I can do is like show a same sex wedding, which like in LA, you take it for granted. It's like, okay, most, you know, like, come on, it's the year 2023, you know, but like in other parts of the country, there are still places that are like not allowing same sex weddings or things that are absolutely insane. And, um, so it's like, okay, the more I can put out there that shows that I'm like a welcoming space for, these people who might otherwise feel like there are some vendors that might not, you know, treat them kindly, which like is crazy to, you know, I had a, a couple like reach out to me and they were like, thank you for, you know, we're, it, it's been really hard trying to find vendors that we feel really safe. Like we're not going, you know, that we're, it's a safe space for us. And to me, I'm like, that is so heartbreaking and just so nuts to me and like, not to get like political or shame certain parts of the United States, but it's like, you know, I feel like my beliefs are very aligned with like the reason why I choose to live in California. (laughs) Um, you know, and with sharing stuff, it's like, it's, it's so embarrassing. I feel like that so much of our news comes through Instagram. And it's also like, when I do share stuff, I try to also like, 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 okay, am I just feeding this like am I, am I fueling the fire right now of all this like hatred and stuff that's like being spread or am I actually showing something that's like actionable and maybe helpful and stuff? Um, you know, and there's the, there's like three things I feel like as a person, I'm like very passionate about, which are kind of like non-negotiables for me, um, which are, well, there's a lot more than three, but it's like, you know, equality, you know, with, with people, especially of unlike the gender and sexuality spectrum, um, women's rights, you know, women's reproductive rights specifically, and then also gun safety, um, which is huge to me. And obviously like 
it's so like, there are days when I think I just need to like get off Instagram because it's so frustrating and disheartening. Um, and then there are days where it's like, okay, well, if, if this gets, you know, 10 people to, to follow and donate to mom's demand action or to make a phone call or something like that, then like, at least I can share it. Um, so yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, people believe me, I get trolls all the time. They're like, oh, I'm now I'm going to unfollow you. And I'm like, all right, good riddance, Angela. Like I didn't need you. <laughs> like, so it's like, it's also, I feel very fortunate to be in that position um, where I don't, I'm not as I like, as I, I feel like, as I like am more seasoned um, and a little bit more established and a little bit like older, it's just a little bit, I'm, I'm less scared to just like be myself and to put my opinion out there. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It it's, um, I think it's so important and I really, really love that you do that. And I wish more people would speak out because God. yeah I mean it's it's weird I think to like and not to sound you know I feel like you know 2020 was such like a different you know a, a hard year for a lot of people but it it's weird when people are silent these days you know and it's like right I think these days also like running a company it's like I the company that I'm running it's like I specifically it's like okay I want to hire women I want to pay those women well. I want to give them benefits. I want to have a safe, inclusive workspace. So it's like these other values that I have, um, you know, and it's, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to, to do that. But it's like, it's also like showing our, you know, I think it's like a matter of like integrity. It's like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and like make a million dollars and then pay people like less than minimum wage or something like that. It's also like internally as a company, it's like treating people well, trying to like do what you can for the environment and stuff like that. And I feel like the days are gone where you can just like be silent. And when, and honestly, I, on a personal level, don't support businesses anymore that, you know, that like don't take a stand. Um, you know, like, I think it's weird if you're, if you have a company and you're selling like kids products or something to then to have, to not have any stance on like the number one killer of children, which is guns, you know, like to me, those things are very um, like, I, I just choose to support companies that, that have values like that. Cause you know um, yeah. The and, dollar, and people, the dollar is powerful. Yeah. And other people can, you know, they can choose to, to support a company that is like, you know, that is the other side of the political spectrum and like, okay, more power to them, you know? Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think's next for Swell Press? I know we talked a lot about like your customization. You do yeah. your own designs as well, like stationery and note cards and things like that. People can buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Finally, I've been working on a new website for like a year with my incredible, inc incredible and incredibly patient web designer who's like dealt with me, like just like going silent for months. Um, but later this summer, we're finally going to have a new website up. That's like where you can buy um, like stationery and art prints and all of this stuff, because, you know, I have a large audience on Instagram, but it's like less than 1% of them are actually able to purchase something for me because unless you're getting married with a specific budget and a specific aesthetic, I can't really help you. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to, yeah, we're going to release stationery and art prints that hopefully um, can allow like a larger group of people to enjoy our work. 
Um, yeah, so that'll be coming up. And then like on a personal level, I'm just, I want to try to like, you know, it's always that elusive work-life balance, um, which I think, you know, maybe you're with me in realizing like, it's not a balance of like, I've realized lately, it's not a balance of like working nine to six and then having your weekends. It's like, you know, like last night I was up designing until like 1am, but that's, it. it's what made me happy. I wanted to get this project done. I was in the zone. So then today I'm like taking it easy. So to me, like, that's what balance looks like to me. Um, and it's also just trying to like have the company operate a little bit more, um, like without me kind of like white knuckling it so much and trying to be able to like step back and really just spend more time, like creating and dreaming and, you know, slowing down, honestly. So that's like my big, my big plan for the rest of um, the year and what's next for small press. Yeah. I love it. And if you're local to in Los Angeles, you can take one of your intro to yeah. letterpress workshops and then yeah. you also do other workshops, but I'm, I'm eyeing the intro to letterpress. Cause I've never, yeah. our intro classes are really fun. It's like six people. Um, and we always like laugh a lot and have fun and you pick stuff and you learn how to like ink up the press and, you know, and like you print your, like, you know, you leave with like 20 of your own note cards. So those are, it's always a lot of fun. It hasn't gotten old, like seeing the joy that printing brings other people, because I remember, you know, my first letterpress class was in like maybe 2013, I think, or something. Um, so, and I like, I remember how happy it made me and the joy I felt. Um, so it's really, really magical seeing, like being able to see that on other, like that moment for other people. And using your hands to yes, make something. Like, yeah. Getting dirty and like using your hands. It's just so fun. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for thank chatting. Thank you. I was so glad you reached out and yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah. It was like a coffee date, even though we didn't have Yeah, coffee, I know. I, like I know. Next time we'll, <laughs> we'll, I'll, we'll have to see each other in person. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I end each episode with a passing of the note from mm -hmm. my previous guest. My previous guest was Nora Dale, who is an actress. And um, she wanted to leave you with this quote from Maya Angelou. Because of the routines we follow, we often forget that life is an ongoing adventure. And the sooner we realize that, the quicker we will be able to treat life as art, to bring all our energies to each encounter, to remain flexible enough to notice and admit when what we expected to happen did not happen. We need to remember that we are created creative and can invent new scenarios as frequently as they are needed. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Which I feel is like how you live your life. I know. That's like so perfect. I love that. Thank you. And can you tell um, the audience where they can find you? And I'll also yes. put it in the show notes. Yes. Um, Instagram is at Swell Press. Um, my website is Swell Press Paper, but just ignore it until about July or August. Um, yeah, so until now, Instagram is the best place to find me. I'm still not, a, I'm not on like TikTok or Twitter because I am like tech phobic in many ways and I don't, and I'm an elder millennial, so. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was so lovely. Thank you so much Thank again. Thank you so much, Jody. It's so good to see your face. You yeah. too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Notes with Friends podcast hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis. Don't forget to like and subscribe. It will help boost the show in the charts. 
Also, I want to give a shout out to Robopop Dan Emilio for my music. Only one episode left next week. Stay tuned, and I will see you then for an epic first season finale. <laughs> bye bye.